This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, praise the Lord. This month, we're going to be talking about, our theme's going to be, I Love My Church. And a part of uh, what we're doing in this series is we want to recognize those who labor day, uh, week in and, and week out, who labor in different areas, who serve. They serve with joy. They serve with love. But we want to recognize them. And so what we have done is we've allowed from every department this month, we're going to recognize one person that has been chosen by their peers, okay, as uh, for special recognition, but we're recognizing all of those who are working, who are volunteering in any kind of capacity. You know what I'd like to do right now, uh, just real quickly, uh, I know some are serving in the back, but if you're out here and you serve in some area, whatever it is, some capacity, you serve in some ministry, would you stand up just for a real quick moment? We want to recognize you. Amen. Give them a hand. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can sit down. Now, I'm going to call out some names here. We're going to, we've got some special recognition that we're going to do here for these people. But we want to say thank you to everyone. Everyone. You know, uh, the Bible talks about it, and we're going to be talking about this month, that the church is made up of all the members. We all together are the church, aren't we? And every part is absolutely vital and necessary. You know, some parts we don't see. You know, they're not up here maybe on the platform or something. But that doesn't mean that they're not important. And this month, we want to especially recognize that. So I'm going to call some names. And when I call your name, you come on up here. And then we're going to give you, present you with a, a special recognition here. Uh, from Kid Life, Nicole Colon. Uh, From preschool, Kalena Madison. From nursery, Vanessa Mitchell. In administration, Felicia Petaway and Connie Evans. So you guys will come on up here. We want to recognize you. Come on up here by me, please. I won't bite, I promise. My wife says I'm a pretty nice guy, so come on up here. <laughs> Come on up here. First in Kid Life, uh, Nicole Cologne. Thank you so much for all that you do. Give them a big hand. Stay right there. And then uh, Talena Mad- Madison. Did I get that right? Talena. Thank you so much. Vanessa Mitchell. Is Vanessa here? She's in the nursery. Okay, they're going to go get her, I think. Okay, we'll hang on to that one. Felicia Petaway in administration and Connie Evans in administration. Now, all of these have been, were chosen by their peers, people on their team, uh, you know, for their outstanding service uh, to Passion Church. And we just want to say thank you so much. We thank you from the bottom of our heart. We just speak the blessing of God over you. You know, the Bible says, any man, whatever any man, any person does for the Lord, on behalf of the Lord, what? He will repay. 
Vanessa, Mitchell, give her a big hand, stay right there. That the Lord says that He will repay. You know, part of being uh, in the body of Christ is exemplified by these people. And that is what? That we serve. I mean, that's what Christianity is all about, isn't it? That we give, we no longer live just for ourselves, but we live for others. And they exemplify this in their service. You know, most of these people, you don't see them, you know, maybe unless you have a, a young one to drop off or something in the, in the kids' church. But you know, all that they do and all those that work with them, it is so vital. It is so vital. Would you stretch your hand up here? Because I just want to say a brief prayer over them and over all those who work with them. Father, we thank you for these that are represented here. Lord, they represent uh, the, the, their team. They represent uh, those who work with them and labor with them. And we pray over them and all their team members. We bless them. We pray for strength and anointing and wisdom upon them. We pray for blessing, O oh God, to return upon their families for all that they sacrifice to serve us, Lord, and to serve you. We give you thanks, and we ask your richest blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Give them a big hand while they go. God bless you. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you so much, so much for all that you do. Hallelujah. Well, this week we're going to be talking, or all this month we're going to be talking about, I love my church. I love my church. Aren't those kids sweet? <laughs> oh, man. I love my church. You know, the reason, one of the reasons we take this theme is because it is the theme of the heart of Jesus. Jesus loved his church so much that he gave his life for it. You know, and he loved us with all our imperfections, with all our weaknesses, with all our idiosyncrasies, with, uh, as I like to say it, with all of our warts. Isn't that true? The Bible says, while we're, we were all yet sinners, Christ died for us. If he hadn't loved the church first, there would have been no church <laughs> at all, would there? And so as we look at it this week, I want us to, to rediscover that first love that Jesus has for His church. And I want us to rediscover that love in us as well. Recognizing that we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He died for us. That's what gives us value. Our value is not that we're the prettiest or the handsomest or that we have the most talent or the most money or the most toys or, or whatever it is. Our value lies in this, that God so loved us, He gave His Son, didn't He? And so the church, Jesus said this, He said, I will build my church. That word there where He talks about build, it has this connotation. It means He would purchase it, He would design it, He would build it, and He will maintain it. Glory to God. See, some people get all uptight. They're wondering, oh my gosh, what's, what's happening with the church? What's going to happen with the church? Oh, the church has gotten so lukewarm. The church is so backslidden. The church is this or that or the other. Listen, there may be some of those things that are true, but I'm going to tell you what. Don't forget the most important truth, and that is this. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And as long as he's, on, he's made that commitment, I'm encouraged, aren't you? As long as He's made that commitment, I'll have faith to continue on. Amen? So... When the Bible speaks of the church, 
It's not talking about this building here. It's not talking about of a 501c3 that's filed with the IRS. That's, we only do that for man's sake. That has nothing to do with whether or not we're the church or not. We are the church because we are the blood-bought people by the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been saved by grace through faith, and that is what is the, the church is all about. And he said that's the church he would build. Now here, you know, in America, we're very individual-minded. And that is a good thing in many ways. You know, it's good to be self-reliant in certain ways. It's good to have that. That's, that's all well and good. It's good to have personal initiative and, and, to, and, to, and to do the things that we need to do. But sometimes because of our individualism, we have a difficulty sometimes understanding a, a, a corporate understanding that the church is not just me, it's we. Are you listening? Now, the Bible, Paul put it this way. He said the church, he compared the church as a body. The body is one, but it's got a lot of different members, doesn't it? And you know, you can't hit my big toe with a sledgehammer and make my hand like it. You know, my hand doesn't say, well, thank God it wasn't me. No, I'm telling you what, every part of my body starts hopping around and hollering and that. Oh, man, give me some relief. Isn't that true? But see, if we, we become disconnected with the understanding that the church is not just me, it's we, then we can see uh, one of the members suffer, but it doesn't move us. It doesn't bother us. And we just say, thank God it's not me. But that's not the church that Jesus bought and paid for. And I believe that's not who we are as Passion Church, that we are bigger than that. We have a greater understanding in that, that we are a community of believers. Now, we're going to be basing this series of, of lessons on Paul's writings to the church at Ephesus. You know, and let me just say this too while we're talking about Jesus building the church. You know, we look around, and it's very easy to look around, especially in this information age where, you know, we, just, we know everything is happening almost everywhere. And we look around at all the violence, all the terrorism, all the, all the hatred, all the meanness, all the stuff that's going on, all the hunger, all the disease, all the disasters. I mean, pretty soon you, you feel like, man, I just want to go in my cave somewhere and hide. But you know what? When the church was first birthed, there was wars, famines, sickness, disease, despotic governments, all kinds of things going on. But look what Jesus was able to do with the church. I mean, it rose up. It began to exercise its love and grace and power and authority. Pretty soon, what? The whole world had heard the gospel. So you know what? While we look at the landscape around us, let's don't forget that doesn't, doesn't in any way indicate that Jesus is not able, not capable, and that this gospel has lost its power to reach a world. In Ephesians, Paul is writing there, and he, he begins letting us know a few things. First of all, he says about us, the church, he said, remember that you've been saved by grace through faith, not of works. And let me just say, that's the master key to the kingdom. Are you listening? You, you, you can plug in anything that is ours in this Bible the same way. You're healed by grace through faith, not works. You're blessed by grace through faith that works. You're delivered by grace through faith that works. Just anything you want to plug in, you can plug in there. 
That is a master key. Then he said, we are brought near to God by the blood of Jesus. I'm so glad God's not way off in heaven somewhere. And I've got to, you know, pray and hope somehow I can push my prayers. How far is it to heaven anyway? Which direction is heaven? We point up, but you know, in Australia, they point up. That's down to us. <laughs> not messing with your head. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> It's up. <laughs> you, you get out in space and it's really mess you up. Where's up? <laughs> Isn't that right? So I'm glad that the Bible says we've been brought near to God. We're joined together with Him. We're brought near to God. We have peace with God. We're talking about the church here. Peace with God through Christ. We have access to God by His Spirit. I'm doing, we're doing a study on Wednesday nights. We had a great... Great class this last Wednesday. Had a great group there. Had about 30-something people. Man, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. But you know, he talked about the Holy Spirit. You know, we have access to God by His Spirit. It's His Spirit. We are now, individually and collectively, the dwelling place of God. So how far do your prayers have to get to get to God? Out your mouth. You know, years ago... and. Some of you young people won't relate to this, but in full gospel circles, we used to have all kinds of sayings, you know, and one of them was, we're going to bombard the gates of heaven with prayer. Well, my goodness, why would you want to bombard the gates of heaven? He's right here with you. See, sometimes we're not understanding who we are as the church and what Jesus has done for us. And, you know, I, I was hearing this kind of, you know, in my spirit today while we were worshiping, and that is this, that, that, that the Holy Spirit just seemed to bring this thought to me that we, the church as a whole, not just here, but all the church, we're living below our privileges. He has provided so much for us. He has so much destined for us. And we're living below His privileges. So you know what? Why don't we just agree together that we're going to grab hold of these truths, even though they might not be new truths, and we're going to make them our reality. Amen. We're going to honor the sacrifice of Jesus. Isn't that right? Amen. Listen to this scripture out of Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Now, they're going to put it up in the NIV. I'm going to read it from the, uh, from the message here. Listen to this. G Paul, after he said all these things, saved by grace, brought near by the blood, have peace with God, have access to God by His Spirit. Then he goes on to say, that's plain enough, isn't it? I mean, that ought to be plain enough. After all that, shouldn't we know that God is for us? We just sang that song this morning, didn't we? Was that just something we sing at church, but Monday morning all that fades away? Isn't it true Monday as well as Sunday? Isn't it true on hump day as well as Sunday? Isn't it true every day of the week? If it's not, then we need to reassess our understanding. After saying all that, he said, that's plain enough, is it? You're no longer wandering exiles. Hallelujah. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. Glory. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. We're not outsiders. We're in the household of faith, the household of God. Now, I got Cindy for her, I think it was Christmas and anniversary. I bought her. She'd been after me for years. She wanted a little pet dog. A puppy. A little Havanese puppy. 
So finally, after working on me all this time, I reluctantly agreed. But you know what? That rascal. Man, I'm telling you, in just nine short months, Mike, I, he, he just about rolls the roost. Man, and you know, the thing about him is, man, when you sit down, he's going he thinks that's his invitation to get in your lap. And for you to rub him down good, rub his belly, rub his ear. I mean, he don't think one minute about, you know, that he's been there the, for the least amount of time of anybody. As far as he's concerned, I'm in. You know what? And I was thinking, that's the way God wants us to be in that same kind of attitude. Hey, listen, we're not strangers. We don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to tiptoe around the throne of God. Or when we ask for the blessing, just ask for some crumbs. Listen, he said, we've been brought near. He said, it's your home now. Hmm. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Do you know God loves you just as much as anybody? Come on. He loves you just as much as he loves the Pope. Come on. I know sometimes we have a hard time with that. He goes on to say, God's building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. Listen to this. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in, brick by brick and stone by stone, stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone which holds all things together. Do you know that God wants to use you? The Bible says we're like living stones. Did you know that? You know what that means to me? I have a place in God's church, in God's building, and in that place, I make the church better. In that place, your place, you make the church better, stronger, livelier. More fruitful. You say, yeah, but I just don't feel like I have anything to offer. Well, listen, you're saved by grace. You're brought near by the blood. You're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. How dare you say you don't have anything to offer? You have the same thing to offer that I have. Are you listening? We all got in the same way. The Bible says nobody deserved it, so God just gave it free to everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Are you listening? He says, we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built up by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Hallelujah. Did you know God's address is in the church? The Holy Spirit is God in the earth. But where is He living God in the earth? In His church, in His people, individually and collectively. Now, we're, our talking points for the day, we're going to emphasize certain things. And in this emphasizing of certain things, uh, it's going to be about we, not about me. We are, what? Citizens of the kingdom. We are citizens of the kingdom. You know you're a citizen of the kingdom? You know, I, I've traveled a few times abroad. If you have, you understand this, man. And you're coming back, you know, from Africa or South America, or you're coming back from Haiti or some other or, or third world nation. I'm telling you what, when you come back and, and hit 
the shores, whether you're coming in through Miami or New York or L.A. or whatever port you're coming in, when you walk in there, you know, and they say, U.S. citizens this way, and you pull out that nice shiny blue gold passport, boy, it feels so good. Woo! Just, they, they just wave you right on through. You're just like, yeah, I'm home. Come on. I'm home. That's the way God says He wants us to feel as His church. We're at home in the kingdom. We're at home with God. We're citizens. We're going to talk about it a little more in a minute. We are members of God's family. You're members of God's family. Are you listening? That means that whatever the family has, you have. Whatever Papa's got, you got. Whatever resources Papa has, you have. Woo! Papa will instruct you. He will care for you. He will watch over you. Woo! I'm happy already. This is just the introduction. We are God's house. So when we gather the common thread in all of this is what? We. We are. We are. So let's, let's kind of drill down. Let's kind of look at these a little more in depth over the next uh, few minutes that we have here. First of all, we're citizens of the kingdom. We hear Jesus say, use the term kingdom. What, what does he mean by kingdom? It's not a geographical location. The kingdom of God is wherever the rule of God and the authority of God is being exercised and acknowledged. Are you listening? Jesus told uh, the Israelites in his day, he, 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 was, he was healing the sick, he was casting out devils, setting people free. And he says, he said, if I am casting out devils, if I'm healing the sick in the name of the Father, he said, then the kingdom of God is revealed among you. Are you listening? He said this, he said, the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Wherever there is an exercise of the authority, the reign, the power, the grace, the forgiveness of God, all of these things that we associate with the gospel, he said, that's the kingdom manifest. And God says that his ideal is that in us collectively as well as individually, his kingdom should be seen. His kingdom should be seen. Listen, it's not just about words that we say, but it is about actions. It is about power. It is about authority through this gospel and through the name of Jesus that distinguishes the church from any other organization, group, or entity in the earth. It's not our theology. It is about the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. We're citizens of that kingdom. So this, when Jesus did this, when he cast out a demon or healed the sick or did other works, raised the dead, he was saying this, this is what life is like when my father is in charge. Whoa. You know, we live in, a, in an age of reason and skepticism. You know, to talk about healing the sick and casting out devils and raising the dead. That's, I mean, that's looked upon as, oh, you guys, man, you're really old-fashioned. Well, 
I'm as old-fashioned and as up-to-date as God is. Amen? He is the Alpha, old-fashioned, and the Omega. He's so new, you hadn't got there yet. So he was demonstrating what life is like in the kingdom. He said, we are citizens, believers in this world, but not of this world. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of God. So here's the thing. When he says we're in the world, but not of the world, you have to look at that. He's not talking about something physical of the world. He's talking about the kingdom, the world, the the kingdom of this age over which Satan is ruling. Are you listening? And so he says, we're in this world. In other words, you know, we're, we're under the same things as anybody else. Isn't that right? When it rains at my house, if I get out in it, guess what I get? Wet. He's not talking about that world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Certainly we are. But we don't live according to this world system. Why? Because I'm in a different kingdom now. I belong to God now. I belong to a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of joy. Isn't that right? A kingdom of authority. That's the kingdom I'm in. A kingdom where Jesus is Lord. A kingdom where my Father owns it all. (laughs) Glory to God. Where He has a purpose and a direction for my life. That's the citizen. That's where I hold a passport to. My passport. It's stamped with the blood of Jesus. Boom. Hallelujah, I'm in, you're in. The church is the embassy of God. We're talking about citizenship. Is the embassy of the kingdom of God. Now, I remember uh, different times we've lived overseas, Cindy and I, when the kids were little. We were overseas. And I remember uh, one of the times we were there in Bolivia that, uh, you know, one of the sons of the, uh, the U.S. ambassador used to come to some of our classes there in the school and everything. And, and I remember, you know, there with us, you know, we're living by faith. We've got this, the institute, we're teaching about 20-something people every day. And so every day we've got to feed them. You know, we've got to go out to the open markets. We've got to try to find enough food and, and everything like that. But I met this guy, you know, and we went over. I went over and took a peek, you know, because he was the ambassador. So I went over to their embassy. And, man, they, you, you look inside, you know, where they keep all their food and stuff, you thought you were in a public supermarket. They, I said, man, where'd you get all this stuff? He said, oh, it, we have it flown in. The government flies it in. See, they, we were living like the rest of the Bolivians were. We were in the Bolivian world. They were not living in the Bolivian. They were living in a different kingdom. They, were, they had a different supply source. Are you listening? Man, they had, you know, cocoa puffs and anything you want to. I mean, you couldn't even find that. You were lucky if you could buy, find a bottle of ketchup. But see, so many times, see, we don't understand what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom and that the church is the embassy of God. And so we we live as the world we're in. We live on that same level sometimes. And God says, I I want you to live according to the embassy of the kingdom. Now, an embassy, not only does it have its source and supply from somewhere else, but it does three things. It represents the nation sending it in all its affairs. 
It protects the interest of the sending nations and its citizens, and it advances the interest of the sending nation. So that's, that's who we are. We are, that's the functions of an embassy, representing, protecting, and advancing the interest of the nation that has sent us. And so we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Are you listening? So here we are. We're citizens. We are ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we are ambassadors, doesn't it? What are we ambassadors of? We are representing what? The kingdom of God. Listen, people don't need you to represent this present kingdom. They already know what it's like. You can go on YouTube and you can go on Facebook. You go on different places, all kinds of places on the internet and find out what this world is, right? There's all kinds of representations of this world in the good, the bad, and the ugly there. But what the world people need out there is somebody who will represent the kingdom of God, His love, His grace, His power, His authority, His forgiveness, His goodness, His mercy, His blessing. That's what they want to see. Thank you for those two amens. So how do we do this? See, we do it by, number one, what? We don't have a will as an ambassador. An ambassador that's in another, in another nation representing his home nation, the ambassador doesn't get up in the morning and say, you know what, I think I'm going to declare war today. I was down there, you know, at a certain office or something, and I, they snubbed me, so that's it. I'm declaring war on Bolivia today. He can't do that. It's not his initiative and his will that he represents. What? It's the one who sent him. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, my will is not of my own initiative, but to do the will of him who sent me. So it's the same thing with us. It's not about how I feel. It's not about how I was treated. It's not about any of those things. It's about what? It's about the kingdom and who I represent. What is his kingdom like? What am I showing people the kingdom is like? Am I showing them that the kingdom that, that the kingdom I represent is critical, judgmental, condemning, mean-spirited? Ooh, hope not. So how do we, how do we represent? There, there's some ways we represent as, a, as an ambassador real quickly. Number one, serving. An ambassador serves. He serves what? The country, first and foremost, Those who sent him and appointed him, he serves them, doesn't he? He serves them, but he also serves those he was sent to. Serving. As Christians, how do we represent the kingdom? Serving. Serving. They see the kingdom. They see who has sent me and the nature of the kingdom when I what? When I serve. See, if I'm selfish, if it's always all about me, then that's what they think. No wonder the world doesn't want what we have. If we're selfish, they think, man, I don't need any of that. I get that every day. But if we can serve, are you listening? Serving, not just one another, that's part of it, but serving those in your world, serving those in your circle. Thank you for that holy ground. When we... Give, that's part of the kingdom and it's giving. When we witness through words and through works, 
Acts of kindness. When we pray, we're exercising what? Authority of the kingdom. By the way, Tuesday night, we'll give you a chance to do that. So all of this is what? Advancing when I serve, when I give, when I witness, when I pray. You know what I'm doing? I'm advancing the interest of the kingdom of God. That's how we do it. We don't advance the the interest if we just come and sit, you know, on Sunday morning and take it in. And that's all we ever do. You're not advancing anything. Ooh, got awful quiet in here. The church is a visible, tangible expression of the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, shouldn't we be able to say that too? If you've seen me, if you've seen us at Passion Church, you get some understanding of what the Father is about. i got news for you. That's what they're thinking, whether we're doing it or not. Oh, that's, so that's what, that's what Jesus is about, is it? He's selfish. He's mean-spirited. He's disconnected. He doesn't really care. The church is a visible, tangible expression of the kingdom of God. Paul, in the same letter to the Ephesians, he said, he said, to walk in love just as Jesus has loved you. As Jesus loved the church, we are to love not only one another, but love those around us. We're talking about being the tangible expression, the visible, tangible expression of the kingdom. The church demonstrates the will, which is the reign of God in the earth. Preaching, teaching, salvation, healing, forgiveness, love, all those different ways. What are we doing? We're demonstrating the will. Jesus said, by this shall all men know... That you are my disciples. What? That you love one another. What's that? That's, that's the chief characteristic of the kingdom of God. Because the Bible says God is love. He has power, but He is love. The chief characteristic of the kingdom is love. So we demonstrate that. And that becomes a visible expression of the invisible God, doesn't it? And you know, when we first demonstrate the kingdom, then the words of the kingdom have greater impact. Really, we're to be works and words workers in the kingdom. Our works and our words harmonize to reveal the king and his kingdom to those around us. Isn't that right? And I believe this with all my heart. Jesus said it too. He said, when you lift me up, men are going to be drawn. If they're not being drawn, we need to look about who and what we're lifting up. The church cares for its own, first and foremost, but also for those who are within its power to help. This is good works. The Bible talks about good works. He says here in the New Living Translation, therefore... Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially of the family of faith. So here's the thing. How am I going to express as the church, collectively and individually, how are we going to express the kingdom, the rule of God, when we go out of here today and all this week? He said one of the ways, he said, is to do good to everyone that you can. 
Yeah, but you don't know how they're living. And you don't know how, what, all the garbage that comes out of their mouth. And you don't know what all they said and did and blah, 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 blah. And you were just so perfect when you came to the Lord. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. I was in the gutter. Yeah, that's right. I said I was in the gutter, man. I, I, you know, the King James used to say, used to say it this way: He's able to save to the uttermost. I, I changed it and said this: He's able to save from the guttermost. <laughs> you know, and I, and I tell you, when you realize where God's brought you from, it really, really slows down the old judgmental stuff. Because without Him, you're nothing, and I'm nothing. Isn't that right? You know. I look at it this way. Jesus looked at people. He said this one time when he looked at the sinners. You know, in his day, the religious people, you know, they, they were really quick to, you know, you know, they segregated everybody. All these bunch of sinners over here and those righteous people. But Jesus, when he looked at what they called sinners, he said he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. You know, we're all pilgrims in this life, aren't we? We're looking, we're searching. That's what I was doing. You know, when you're doing the drugs and you're doing all the sex and all the garbage and all this, you're searching, you're searching. Everybody, maybe you search a different way. You're searching, they're looking, they're pilgrims. This is where our opportunity to demonstrate the living reality of the kingdom of God here and now in their life, in their situation, that is what makes the impact. That's what he's called us to do, passion. Not have great Sunday morning services. I mean, I'm all for great Sunday morning services. Don't misunderstand me. But that's not, what, that's not the bottom line. It's when we go out and we demonstrate the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And then the church's primary task is to advance the kingdom of God on the earth. Not to maintain it. That's God's job. We are to advance it. Advancement, by definition, indicates that there is what? Motion. Doesn't that right? Isn't that right? If I advance, there's some kind of forward motion. Isn't that true? So the kingdom of God, our responsibility collectively and individually is what? In Montgomery, because this is where God's put us, is to advance the kingdom the cause of the kingdom of God in this city and area. That's what He's called us to do. That's our purpose. Your purpose is not to to make 30 years worth of mortgage payments and pay off your house and get out of debt and, you know, and own six cars and... Come on. If there's one thing I've found out, I've lived long enough to know, the things you think belong to you today, they'll belong to somebody else shortly. Come on. You know, somebody else is living in the first house we owned. Somebody else is living in the second house I owned. Somebody else is living in the third house I owned. I, I don't know. I forget how many vehicles I've driven down. And bought. That's not what life is about. But see, the world system wants to make you think that's what it's all about. Get ahead. Get ahead. Get ahead. Whoever dies with the most stuff wins. <laughs> No, you could say their heirs win. They didn't win. (laughs) Maybe their kids won. (laughs) That's not what it's about, is it? 
And especially as believers, we understand this. We're in a different kingdom. We're laying up treasures in a different place. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody says, how's your retirement going? It's going great. I've been laying up stores in heaven for 40 years. Man, it's good. And you know what? When I need to draw on a little bit of it, I can get it down here. But I'm laying it up for up there. Woo. Isn't that right? There's an old song used to be called Mansion Builder. It said, I've got a mansion builder. Woo. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think we don't talk about heaven enough. Yeah, I understand we have a job to do here now, and that's important, and that's our focus. But listen, let me tell you something. I, I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm so glad that there is a heaven to gain. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said this, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's our job, seeking to save those who are lost. You know how it starts? Just listen, just love people. It's not hard. Oh, but I, man, I'm, I, you know, I fumble around. I was trying to get, you know, all my points right. And I'm trying to get the Roman road down and I can't seem to get the four spiritual laws straight. And I, yeah, listen, just love people. And when they ask you why, just tell them, this is how Jesus is. I'm loving you like Jesus loved me. I'm forgiving you like Jesus loved me, forgave me. Isn't that right? And once you start doing that, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will just give you the right words to say. Are you listening? They don't have to, listen, people are not looking for theology. They're looking for reality. They're looking for life. They're looking for what we've discovered in the kingdom of God. We are the church. This is our purpose to advance the cause of the kingdom. Isn't that right? Jesus said, as the Father sent me, He said, I'm sending you. Well, there you go. Did Jesus, who did Jesus? Can you name me one time where Jesus ever condemned somebody? You know, you know, the Pharisees brought, remember, they brought, first they brought the woman caught in adultery. I don't know how she committed that by herself, but they only brought her. I never have figured that out. Where was the, where was the guy? I mean, anyway, that's another story. But he said, he, he's, he didn't condemn her, did he? Mary Magdalene, he cast devils out of her. He didn't condemn them. He didn't condemn anybody who came to him. He never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, never condemned. And he said, as I've been sent, the Father sent me, he said, I'm sending you. Just love on people. Yeah, but what about this and what about that? Well, leave that up to God. People all the time, remember years ago, people come to me all the time wanting to know, you know, you know, is this group going to get in? Or is that group going to get in? Or is this bunch going to get in? Or is that bunch going to get in? You know, and they're all caught up with all that. And I finally just said, you know, I came to this conclusion. I said this. I said, listen, if God lets them in, it'll be all right with me. That's not my, that's way above my pay grade. Way above my pay grade. All God said is for me to advance the cause in the same way that Jesus advanced the cause of the kingdom. 
He went about doing good. He went about healing the sick. He went about casting out devils. He went about preaching the good news that whosoever will, you can be forgiven. You can come into the family of God. Heaven can be your home. Uh, you know, God can be your papa. Let's just tell people the good news and leave all this heavy lifting to God. What do you say? <laughs> Let's leave all this saving and judging and all this. Let's just leave that within the hands of God, okay? That's above our pay grade anyway, isn't it? Sure it is. Sure makes life so much better. Isn't that right? And then he finally, he told them, as you are going into all the world, preach, demonstrate, and declare the good news to everyone. To how many people? Well, we sure ain't going to give it to that bunch over there. I'll tell you what. They straighten up, we'll tell them. Why are they going to straighten up without the grace of God in their life? Isn't that right? No, he said, just as you're... Notice he said, as you're going. We have made advancing the kingdom, like so many other things in the church. When I mean church, I don't talk about institutions. I'm talking about the church. We've made it a program. Well, we've got visitation in our church. Well, that's, that's fine. Well, we're, you know, we're going house to house. That's fine. But you know what? That's not what Jesus talked about. He said that as we are living in this kingdom and as we are going about our everyday life, he said you just show and declare by your works and your words the kingdom of God and then let the Holy Spirit do what he does in their lives. Oh man, that makes it so much easier, doesn't it? When I don't have to be Savior, when I don't have to be Lord, when I don't have to be God, when I don't have to figure out who should be in and who should not be in and all. Oh man, it just your brain just goes fries on that. He said, just go demonstrate the kingdom. Amen? So our action point today, as we conclude, our action step, just got one action step. Very simple. Find someone this week to show God's love to in a tangible way. We're all going to see people this week, aren't we? Maybe somebody in your own household that you can do this to. <laughs> But show, find someone this week to show God's love. Because you know what? He says that's the kingdom in action. Kingdom in action. The kingdom is a living, vibrant, ongoing, life-giving kingdom. It's not stagnant. It's not stagnant. It's alive. It's not static. It's moving. It's interacting. The kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit, the gospel, all those things working in us and working through us as the church. Passion, we are the church. We're talking about, I love my church. Let me ask you, do you? Do you love my church? Listen, love's not about you get everything together and then I love you. No, we love. The Bible says we love because God first loved us. Isn't that right? That's kind of like going up to a fireplace and saying, give me some heat and I'll start a fire. No, what do you do? You start a fire, you get some heat. You start loving people. You start loving them. You start showing them the, 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 the reign of the kingdom. You know what they're going to do? 
they're going to want in. And then that's see, then the Holy Spirit kicks in. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he takes care of the heavy lifting. Isn't that easy? Isn't that easy? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.